podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Face Off. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle, and in this one we will be doing a say review, but it's now Wednesday, so we won't do like a match by a minute by minute review because I don't think people have time for that or interest in that in the middle of the week. But it'll be interesting to get perspective on the results and the season so far from from both Liverpool and Arsenal fans. So I'll introduce my guests. Um, first, we've got Mark Wilson, who is brother of my partner in crime over on One Up. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm good, guy. Not too bad at all. Good man, good man. And our Arsenal fan joining us, you may have heard of him on the uh, EPL Index, whether it's through articles or he, the Arsenal correspondent over there. Um, how are you doing, Dan? Uh, probably less good considering the result, but uh, overall I'm doing all right. Well, at least you've got a, well, maybe maybe not look forward to, but you've got a North London derby to redeem yourself, hopefully. At the yes, weekend. the great shadow redemption immediately. <laughs> uh, or pile on the crap. <laughs> um, or that. Yes. Let's hope not for that. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Dan, I'll start with you. I mean, in turn, we'll stick with starting 11, but we will talk about the tactics and, and stuff like that. But the starting 11s, you went really heavy in the midfield, and we saw why with the system and stuff he played, but were you surprised that I mean Pepe got his debut but you didn't um have Lacazette is that is that a thing of Emery's since he's came in I know you want I think you wanted him replaced in the summer if I remember correctly on EPL uh yeah that was a big surprise not not even that Pepe got his debut and Lacazette um was benched more just the fact that we went with four central midfielders that was really shocking um I did not expect the dime um, at the end of the Burnley game, when we were holding on to the lead, we um, went three at the back, and I was kind of expecting the same um, in this game, just because it would give us more ability to try and build up and hold on to the ball, more ability to play out the back, which is something Emery heavily emphasizes and we're not all that good at, but um, it would give us some an extra center back. Um, David Luiz is best in a three back, so it would help him. Um, it would give us put um class or class would play in a position he's comfortable in uh, monreal i think is better as a center back these days and as a left back so he'd be slightly more comfortable um and we could kind of have a front three with a bit of freedom but uh emery went totally totally the opposite with the diamond in midfield um which i mean it was a plan uh i think we actually executed it reasonably well um i don't know if we were ever going to get a result with any game plan. So like, I'm hesitant to really criticize him for it. Mm. Um, I'm not sure that was the best one, but also I'm not sure I could design a, what I, or even just a good manager could design something for this Arsenal squad to beat Liverpool at Anfield or even draw. So, you know, I'm not sure that was the best option, but I'm also not sure there was a clear, great option that could have got us anything. So. Yeah, we, we will touch on maybe a couple issues that, stops Arsenal being able to compete at places like Anfield, but we'll touch on that after I get the Liverpool perspective from Mark. Mark, I mean, our our first, our, our starting 11, I should say, it is pretty much as expected. I mean, there's a couple of question marks maybe 
Matip and Gomez is a, is a debate nowadays in the midfield, but I was always expecting that midfield free. Is that is that what you'd class as our first choice midfield with, especially with Naby out at the minute? Um, yeah, definitely. Like, um, I I think the only thing I might have actually expected was maybe Ox to come in for mm. one of the two, Junior Henderson, given that he he played the two recent games and I thought he had a decent second half against Southampton. But what I would say is that I, I think the type of player Henderson is and for Klopp for these Klopp for these big games, he kind of goes with the tried and tested. Like So obviously Henderson got the nod and Genie would have been the one I was looking at that was pretty poor in the, in yeah. the opening two games. But I, I did think that he redeemed himself the weekend to a certain extent. So I was happy enough to see the tried and trusted and Fabinho, to be honest, which he picks himself and, and especially after that performance. Like, But um, that's the midfield. And then in terms of the defence, um, I think, yeah, Gomez obviously came in, which, I, which I, I'll be honest, really surprised me. I, I love Joe Gomez, but at the same time, I think Matip, towards the end of last season when he came in, especially since March, he's been excellent. And then big big performance in the final and then to be left out at the start of the season I thought oh my god this like what what do you have to do and then but um he came back in in the Super Cup and performed quite well and then I think Joe Gomez had a bit of an iffy game against Norwich like where um obviously coming back and rushed back in as well like and then um so I think it was a toss-up between the two of them but um, I was happy to see Matt on to start like and then um as you said before and like Trent can Gomez can cover for Trent as well but I, I think in a game like that especially for the creativity it'd go to Trent and the rest picks itself the rest of the team obviously Adrian in with Addison injured and then the, the three lads up top are always going to start like so no real surprises with the formation or the, or the team selection for me yeah absolutely absolutely um Dan just back on the on the diamond uh, from pretty much everyone who's watched the Liverpool game knows our fullbacks are where our creativity comes from. I know like there's only so much you can do and obviously springing a kind of surprise on on Klopp and Liverpool and <laughs> everyone who's an Arsenal <laughs> fan as well. I, what what do you think the thinking was there? I mean, it, some Arsenal fans seem to think it worked. I think Liverpool fans tend to disagree because ultimately we did win, but... The full back, our fullbacks weren't really um, putting in quality, but is that a sign of the system working, or is that just getting lucky in terms of Arsenal in that first half? Um, if I had to guess, I'd, and giving everyone the benefit of doubt of being smart, which they are, they're professional football managers, they're pretty good at their jobs, mm-hmm. um, I would guess it's we are either risking getting beat by a cross from a very talented fullback or getting beat through the middle by one of the big three up top and that they'd rather um, just, re- you know, if they put in a great cross, they, which they totally can do, well, you know what, fair enough. Whereas um, uh, they just thought it was a bigger risk or that that was a better chance of getting beat by one of Mane, Firmino, Salah up the middle um, than getting beat by cross after cross after cross. Um, just like, you know, it's Liverpool. They're very, very good, a better team than us. Um, somewhere or another, they're going to have an advantage. And I guess I would guess the idea was I'd rather give the advantage there than give the advantage through middle where the extremely talented attackers are and ultimately the more dangerous area of the pitch is. Yeah, that, that actually does make sense because if you can crowd the box with so many people and literally only have your fullback tackling, it, it does make sense. I mean, Louise and Socrates have 
weaknesses, but in the air seems to be quite a strength for them. Um, so it does, it does kind like, of make sense. Every like again, if I'm if I have to see one of those three on the ball versus Alexander Arnold and Robertson throwing in cross after cross after cross, as dangerous as that can be, I'll take the latter every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that if that was the thinking, that seems reasonable to me. Yeah, yeah, it does make it does make sense. Um, Mark, from our point of view, um, our fullbacks obviously famed for the creativity, the amount of assists and chances they created last season. But do you think this was also uh, their uh, Arsenal's tactics seemed to impact them because Robertson was pretty much starting further forward than our forwards on the left, and Trent was almost the same. Do you think that almost discombobulated them, if that's the right word? Yeah, I. I think not just them, I think all of our players, to be honest with you, Guy, um, I think I, I was shell-shocked. Like, um, I, I fully expected Arsenal to go toe-to-toe with us. And I'm not saying that would have worked out any better, Like, but I'm just like, I just couldn't believe how deep they were. Like, I mean, if you look at Fabinho's position throughout the game, how far up he was winning the ball. And then it, it just, like, it literally gave, it was almost like Russian roulette. It literally gave an Trent and uh, Robertson, the whole freedom to knock in many, as many passes or crosses as they liked. And as a, unfortunately, the quality wasn't there at the start, but it's only going to take one, one from a set piece. And I think it just, like, it's half an hour. I think it was a half an hour of really just whipping in across, looking, looking for um, the three lads, like, but. Obviously, Firmino isn't isn't exactly that type of centre forward that feeds off that. Yeah. So I would have like, would have preferred to see more more balls into feet, more runs in behind. But we were a bit static in that. I th- I think the whole team was a little bit taken back by it. But in terms of our pressing and our energy levels, we were well up for it. And you could see you were thinking if one goes in, it's 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 really only a matter of time, and. I also think that that it kind of like in terms of Arsenal as an attacking threat, I I struggled to see what they were going to create, only through mistakes on our own part. Like, do you know what I mean? I I just I was just surprised to see a team like Arsenal approach a game like that, um, of that magnitude. I've I've never seen Arsenal come back and sit, so it shocked me watching it, and I I was getting frustrated when the crosses were going either being overhit and Robertson overhit one or two and then Trent's delivery wasn't the best at times and then Luis and Socrates were mopping up. But as I said, I, I just felt it's only a matter of time, like, you know, till one goes right. Like, Yeah, yeah, um, I, I'd agree with that. I think there was definitely always going to be goals in that game. I'm, I can't really, I can't think of a game that I did nil-nil between Arsenal and Liverpool <laughs> ever, um, <laughs> even the Roy Hodgson days. Um but Dan, Arsenal. I mean, we talked about the surprise of the tactics, but they were working in one regard. They seemed to get Pepe and Aubameyang in, uh, 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 expose our centre backs and get them two two v two pretty much. Um, well, we haven't. Let's start with Pepe because obviously we mentioned it was his first start. Um, I'm sure not loads of people of big watchers of League One, but I've obviously heard of his reputation because he was linked with both clubs. Um, he. It was a very exciting start. I mean, obviously coming up against what was the best defence in the league last season, but he, he gave, I think, Robertson especially a lot of problems and even Van Dijk a lot of problems. But it's a, a, good, a, a good debut and something to be very excited about, I presume. 
Yeah, that was what I took as the biggest positive from the game. He looked great. Um, really, really good dribbler. Um, the final product wasn't there, but it's not always going to be there. Um, but yeah, that was very encouraging. The plan seemed to be eight of you sit back and make make sure they don't score or try and stop them from scoring and then just lob it up in behind to Aubameyang and Pepe and hope they can do stuff, which isn't a plan that I would think is going to work all that much of the time but i mean we had a we create a few chances from it um and pepe dribbled past van dyke which is apparently some achievement of mankind <laughs> um and I, we had a couple very good chances granted most of them were from mistakes which you know that's not some it's harder to chalk that up to game plan um when it's the other team's mistakes but um I, it kind of worked so that's something i guess but um yeah, outside of Pepe being very, very good in himself, I'm not sure how much we could take in, but that is a positive, and I'm very happy to see him look very good this early into his uh, Arsenal career. Yeah, and, and just specifically on them chances, we obviously had the Aubameyang open goals a bit too much, but open half-open goal chance when Adrian decided to play become Neuer and try and sweep the ball. Um, and Pepe, when he skinned... Well, Henderson did a mistake and then he skinned um, a couple of people. I, I, them, are they the type of chances Arsenal needed to take to get anything from this game, you reckon? Uh, yeah, it was essentially like we're, we might have one... Two, in fact, we got two um, really good chances, probably more than I was expecting, um, and we just have to take it. Um, and that, like that's football. A lot of times you're not going to take those chances, and which is why a game plan where that's kind of the... That's what you're trying to build off of is questionable. But again, as I said earlier, it's hard to find a game plan that's going to work against a team this good. And the chances were there. They weren't taken, but they were there. So that's something. Yeah, yeah. And and Mark, them chances from our point of view, I mean, was there any worry in terms of, I know our, our defense has been questioned so far, the question's probably the strongest word possible in this one, but mm, I'll, I'll stick with it. Questioned uh, so far this season by being a bit more lapsed compared to last season. But was there any worry um, that we might just let Arsenal's game plan actually work? Because Pepe was getting a lot of opportunities to dribble at people. I think Robertson got dribbled past like six times statistically, which is a lot, <laughs> especially for someone as good as Robertson. Um, and yeah, Aubameyang on another day probably scores that chance and if Pepe is more settled he might score that one-on-one he had so was that a worry in this in the first half considering we weren't really creating anything clear-cut in the in the first half especially up until that point um as you said we had a lot of the ball weren't really creating clear-cut chances at all and then obviously Arsenal had the best chances like but the first one, what worries me the most of that, and I do think one of these mistakes is going to cost us, and maybe I'm being a bit harsh because I'm used to high standards with Alisson, um, but he, he Adrian does worry me, like, you know, coming yeah. out, I, I just don't see, like, playing football myself, like, like Van Dijk's totally in control, just give him the option even to pass it back, like, why are you rushing out? I just didn't see the need for it, and if you are rushing out, make sure you get it to touch, like, and then just to, like, oh, my God, it was just hit straight back in. And I have to say, when that left Aubameyang's force, I, I did think it was in. And uh, so I was, I was only delighted to see it past the post. But um, that that is a worry, big worry for me at the moment. Like, he, he didn't, he's doing okay. That's, that's, I'm not being harsh in the kid. Like, he is doing okay. But I, I just, like, I think that is a big worry. And I am worried about the rumours of 
it being a longer um, delay no, before Alison no, gets no. back. No, no, don't do that. I, I don't really <laughs> want to think about that, yeah. And then um, as for the second, um, I think it was a mistake by Henderson, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. that got yeah. Pepe in. On the, it was a strange one because I think it was, was that right after the VAR call? I don't know what the VAR call was for. but The mystery VAR call. Yeah. yeah, and then, oh, yeah that, was, that was for um possible red card on, I think, Louis. They thought Louise might have stepped on someone, but he didn't, I guess. No, really, I, I it took a long time to yeah, figure that out. <laughs> yeah, it did, and then I think that was when, when the breakaway happened, and then Henderson mistake. And in fairness, Pepe was a threat, um, and his pace. And I did look into the the lad because I know we were rumored to be signing him. Like, and then um, I liked what I seen, and and it didn't surprise me how quick he was. And and obviously he gave Robertson a little bit of a torrid time at times. And even as I think he dribbled past Van Dijk, which is an honour in itself, but I think Van Dijk got back. But uh, I just think, I, th- I thought I thought he'd score, and he will score those chances if he's uh, in the late. I think maybe we're lucky in a way that uh, we got him at the early stages of his premiership career rather than the, the mid or latter stages, because I think he will he will be putting those chances away in a couple of weeks' time. Like, you know, and really, like, he'll have to anyway. But uh, that was us. And then in terms of, I know, I definitely rate him and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Premiership. I don't I don't know whether I'd go as far as Sky trying to award him in the Ballon d'Or in his uh, first game in the first half. They were getting overly excited about him, but uh, he does look a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sky's coverage was very... Very weird over the week, over the whole weekend. Never mind, just our game. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll ignore Martin Tyler like everyone else should. Um, obviously, we do eventually score from a corner. Um, I, I think we before we started recording, Mark, we we touched on Matip being be- the beautiful giraffe that he is. <laughs> That's the only way you can really describe him. He's just a strange human being. But he, he is. He has stepped up, and that goal is massive. I mean. Uh, the Arsenal defenders were trying to tackle Van Dijk and Matip, normally known as 50p head, buried one. And that's good to see. If he can score more goals, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I was literally only saying to my mates at the corner, I goes, come on, Van Dijk. And just before it was hit in, um, I just goes, actually, the, the podcast I listened to, Colin 50 pence, uh, Matty 50 pence head. Uh, I goes, he, he got one against City, you never know. And then, Obviously, I think uh, was that Socrates was uh, so focused on Virgil van Dijk, like um, fouling him by the way. But mm. uh, I think he took out uh, was a Gunduzi out of it yeah, from so. from jumping with Matip, and he obviously had he made the most of the free space for, for the free header, and it was it was a very good finish. And I'm hoping because he gets his head onto a hell of a lot, like so I'm hoping that there's a lot more goals to come because that'd be a much really a, a big added bonus this season like if we can get him him and Van Dyke getting a good few headers for us like you know so I was delighted and then when that went in I was thinking to myself um, Arsenal have to have to come out now there's going to be more space like you know and we, we'll have a field day with David Luiz in there like you know so that's that's what I was thinking and going on a positive especially going into half time because I was just worried the longer we don't get the goal maybe one of those mistakes if, if another mistake ha- mistake happens then Arsenal might take the lead and punish this could be one of those days you know but thankfully the goal came and fair play to Matty and I'm delighted he's back in like yeah same same especially with with him growing in form every game I think um Dan I won't ask you about the goal because be boring but I want to ask you about Arsenal's summer strategy and I know you 
if well, you were rumoured to have a forty-five million pound budget, which was clearly lying. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you obviously addressed um, the right winger position, which has kind of been a problem. I don't, I don't. You've kind of like had a Warby, had Reece Nelson coming through and stuff like that. But now it's addressed with Pepe, and just trying to figure out where Aubameyang and stuff fits in. But obviously, defence and probably extend that to defensive midfield um, has been a problem for a long time, if not best part of a decade really um obviously you got Saliba which is a very talented player but he's coming next year and you bought David Luiz pretty much on I think it was deadline day um as I imagine a short-term fix <laughs> uh, but what what was your what was your take on the summer strategy because you'd probably think centre-back is the one you go for straight away or do you think it was Saliba or bust really um, so I think it was a longer term view at it. Um, and once we got Saliba, it was kind of, um, we'll just kind of fill it short term for now. And ultimately, we would need to buy probably two center backs, mm-hmm. um, two good center backs to really fix the defense. And I can see like once we spend all the money on Saliba, we're probably not going to be able to do that. So a short term stopgap like Louise makes more sense. Um, and then I think we're reasonably good with defensive midfield with Guendouzi and Torreira and then hopefully Ceballos um, is more, I think he was more of a deep player anyway. Um, so between that, I think we're reasonably good there. Um, and as I said, set, uh, I think left back, which and we did address with Tyranny, we just don't get to see him yet. Um, that was almost as big an issue as anything because Monreal is totally washed um, as much as I love him. And Kalasinec is does never shown the ability to play left back, only left wing back. Um, so I'm glad we addressed that one. That was honestly mm-hmm. even more of a concern than um, center back for me, just because it was kind of a matter of like, I don't know how much we're able, we're going to be able to fix this uh, in one summer once we've already committed that money to Saliba. After that, it's like, well, uh, we're going to have someone who I'm not entirely confident in anyway. Um, so it's probably going to be bad regardless of what we do, unless we you know go spend up $100 million, which I don't think we can. So I think that was the thinking. We're just kind of like, well, we'll wait for Saliba next summer and then maybe go for another center back um, next summer when we have a bit more money um, and look, look, take a more long-term view on it. Yeah, I think obviously with the Europa League restrictions and monetary restrictions, obviously you were trying to get Zaha and they wanted a billion pound up front. Thank uh, God that didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know how you go from... Pepe Zaha, is so yeah. much better. Yeah. I don't know how you go from Zaha to Pepe. Uh, it's just uh, and it, uh, cheaper at that as well, which is very yeah. strange. Cheaper, cheaper, better, younger. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And probably won't throw his to- toys out, <laughs> toys out the pram when he wants a bigger move. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a very, it's a very strange one. Just uh, sticking with you for the midfield. Um, I was going to mention it later because he obviously scored a goal, but. It is, I saw rumours Torreira wanted to go back to Serie A. Is that the reason you reckon he's not started the season? Because I think he'd probably be one of the first names on your team sheet, considering um, the level he, he started at last season, especially in, in the levels he can reach. Is, is something falling out behind the scenes, or has he came late back from pre-season or something? Oh, yeah, he came back from pre-season late. Um, he oh, was at okay. the, um, was it Confed- or not the Confederation Cup, the Copa America oh, okay. uh, with Uruguay, so he came back late. Um I'm assuming that's why he didn't start today, and I and I was fine with him not starting at Burnley because it just wasn't really necessary. I mean, you would hope it's not necessary. Um, it's Burnley; uh, they're going to bunker in. He's not all that effective in those games, um, and he was definitely not fit for the Newcastle game. So, uh, I guess it's something to keep an eye on. But at the moment, I'm not worried. Uh, so yeah, 
And uh, I might as well mention him as well whilst we're on the midfield. Joe Willock um, wasn't one that had the huge reputation go up from, from an outsider's point of view. Maybe he doesn't uh, Arsenal circles, but has he kind of been the surprise package, if that's the right word or phrase for it? Has he been the surprise of the season so far in terms of, I think he started every game? Yeah, so he was rated, he's been rated reasonably highly for a while. Um, he played some last season and didn't look that great, but he seems to have gotten just much physically bigger, um, both taller and wider, um, in, over the last couple months. Um, and he's started looking reasonably good. Uh, I wouldn't consider him a starter for the future, or like immediately, but I mean, it's a pretty good start when you're getting and not looking completely out of your depth um at his age in like real Premier League minutes so a positive nothing grout earth shaking but a positive yeah yeah I think I think that's very fair I think that's very fair um so we go into the second half and, and Mark coming back to you we pretty much start the second half on fire I think as you mentioned earlier the game really opened up more Salah just pretty much set a blaze I mean he, he won that penalty uh I think it was Bobby who passed it into him. Obviously, David Luiz does the mistake of pulling Mo Salah's extra-large shirt, as I think he called it. <laughs> um, but Dav- uh, Mo Salah in that second half just showed what a player he is, didn't he? Yeah, it was it was frightening. It was great to see. Uh, to be honest with you, the, the whole attack and play for 25 minutes was insane. But uh, I think it was a pass from Trent into Bobby, and it was actually phased at him. So it was actually it was quite a good pass. Like Bobby kind of killed it and played a lovely true ball at the same time, slash kill true ball. Like and went in and David David Luiz does what David Luiz does. But in fairness, he was true on goal in any way. So I think it was just he was get he was getting the shot off. So it could have been a goal or at least a shot on target. And he just as I think he explained it that afterwards as a natural reaction kind of dragging them back like but um yeah mo um obviously wins the penalty and then uh, i must admit like last season when mo steps up to take yeah um, take them i'm never i'm never 100 percent confident it kind of reminds me of steven gerrard back in the day when he first mm. started taking them first he was never like you were never totally convinced he was going to score but sometimes sometimes he squeezed them in some some way and and then uh, after a while Stephen Gerrard became a, an excellent marksman like you know from the penal spot like and then uh, uh, Mo starting like the f- I think he took one in the Super Cup which I was pretty impressed with like yeah. real confidently and and that pen out there Genie Mac like I think it, the way he took it like it was you wouldn't say it with two keepers but also it was kind of hit with such swagger that he kind of curled it from coming outside the post in which is no no mean feat and takes take some cojones like and curl it into the top corner so it was a lovely finish one of the one of the best penalties I've seen for some time so so it's great and that's obviously going to give him confidence to kick on to do what he did for the rest like I won't um I won't touch on to the second goal just yet just in case you're firing it off to for an Arsenal perspective I'm not too sure whether you're that cruel guy but uh yeah it was um <laughs> it was actually it was just it was chalk and cheese from the first half like it was it was just excellent and I don't think Arsenal could live with us like uh, for that 25 minutes at, the, at that pace and then everyone seen Firmino was fisting the ball around Fabinho just kept winning it back it was attack after attack after attack and Mane was on it a couple of times too and, and to be honest with you like I, I think we could have gotten a couple of more in that time like you know but unfortunately mm. they just didn't come at that time like so yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with everything you said. There, to be fair, uh, I think that twenty-five minutes until like Ginny came off, I thought we were just special, really. Um, 
Dan, I will have to ask you about the Arsenal perspective. I won't ask you about like the penalty and stuff like that, but David Luiz, he's obviously had a reputation at Chelsea, rightly or wrongly. I think he's had a good a good few years and some awful years. But uh, is that the first time David Luiz did a David Luiz moment in an Arsenal shirt? Oh, so you are that cool guy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, that's the first time. Uh, I mean, it's it's not fine, but I'm not shocked. Um, ultimately, that's what you get when you have like a uh, an I don't want to say inconsistent, just uh, up and down, I guess, defender um, that you get in his early 30s for a relatively cheap transfer fee. Um, you know, that's what that's what you're gonna get. Um, and he ultimately looked reasonably good overall so you know i'll take the good for the bad he's not mustafi mm-hmm. so that's something the, the dream partnership <laughs> oh please god never make me watch that i'm not gonna live through those 90 minutes uh you know you know literally every other fan that's not an arsenal fan just went please oh if one I game was not an arsenal fan i yeah. would be begging for that all day but one no, game is go. all we ask the league cup's coming up soon it's what we need <laughs> i'll have to step out for like minute 45 minutes so you can <laughs> stop myself from just decombusting oh uh, god uh, the worse the team it'd be funnier as well <laughs> uh but yeah the- conceded five to a team in league two uh <laughs> Oh god, that's now in my head now. Uh, is is Mustafi actually staying, or is he? I know people can can you get rid of Mustafi? Is that probably the better question? I that is the question. Um, he's not been in the in the eighteen for any of the games so far this season, so they clearly want him out. Whether he will go or not, you know, that's another question. But at least that he does seem to be on the way out. Um, and it makes sense once Holding comes back from his injury, we'll have mm-hmm. um. Four center backs plus him, so that just it's not necessary for numbers once he comes back. And um, that's not even counting Monreal, who can technically play there, maybe. Um, so there's no real need to keep him, and he's quite bad. So yeah, please leave. That, that last point is probably important. <laughs> yeah, quite important, yes. Yeah, just a, just a smidge. Oh dear. Um, Mark, our second goal. I mean, we just waxed lyrical about more for that one, but the second goal was even better. I mean. Somehow Fabinho's got an assist, but yeah, it wasn't much of an assist scene as he's he's run from, what, 40, 50 yards out? Yeah. Uh, ended David Luiz again, and it's just, it, I think that's what you just kind of got to call the typical more finish nowadays. Yeah, it was, I, I to be honest with you, I don't think the goal's getting enough credit, like, you know, even, like, I know we touched on Sky's commentary earlier, and unfortunately I was watching it on Sky, but it was almost like Martin Tyler was disappointed, like, you know, in terms of commentating. I can only imagine if it was Pepe that put it in, I'd say they would have, himself and Gary would have combust, like, but um, it was just, it was a fantastic goal. Like, uh, Fabinho, I think, he, what, he got it at the edge of our box nearly and put it, put a pass through, but it wasn't, I don't think anyone was expecting, I, I'm still at, st- still confused why, David Luiz didn't drop off and give himself a few yards and he rushed forward like and, and he gave Mo that option to turn like and, and then by that time he's he's on a yellow card. He's not he's not gonna take him down. If he does, he's gone. And then uh Salah's running through uh, at at such pace, frightening pace, and then um what we're used to. And then I think he has to it's still a lot to do. I think he's to kind of come across with his body on Monreal, I think it was, and then just get in front. Once he gets in front of him, he knows he's true. And then it just slows down. It's almost like slow motion. And then just the composure to put it in the bottom corner. Like, and it was it was just a fantastic finish. And 
and a worthy of a goal, to be honest with you, that I, I don't feel has gotten the right recognition from the media. Like, but mm-hmm. but sure, one, once it does from us, we we know what he is, we know what he's capable of, and we know what a great goal it was. So it was, it was just a superb finish. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we see some subs in the game. Um, Torreira comes on for Sabios. I'll I'll come back to him for you for. Uh, on Sabias for you, Dan. Um, and Milner and Ox come on for Ginny and Mane. Um, so just going back to Sabios there, it obviously had a, a good game against Burnley, I think it was. Um, it, was it just the wrong type of game so early on in his Premier League career, you reckon, Dan? Uh, yeah, wrong type of game. Tough, tough general game. Not really a role he's meant to play, or it's just a difficult game for him to play. Um, wasn't really in a typical position he'd expect to be in lots of different things all made it for not a great game uh not not one not or one i hope it does not repeat uh very i've got i've got him in one of my like draft fantasy teams so i need him to like not do that uh, <laughs> yeah don't do that yeah I need, I, that you see that don't do that yeah yeah <laughs> don't do that i need points for that <laughs> um but the subs i mentioned for us mark we did seem to lose control when Ginny. And Milner kind of swapped places, and I don't, I, I'm not saying that's all Milner's fault. And obviously, Ox came on into a position that's not really his best position, uh, especially in our system. But do you think that was down to our subs, or more down to Arsenal having to attack more? I think it was a mix of both. I think when um, Salawas came off, like um, I think Torrier uh, made a difference in any way coming on, like, and then I think as well, like. Um, Genie was having uh, one of his better games this season, and especially the second half. Milner came on. He's I, I, I like Milner's energy and stuff, but um, he, he this season he seems to be yeah he's doing the running around that he did last season. He's James but he Milner. Seems to be a, yeah, he think he's he's always going to do that, and he's always going to be fierce and whatever. But it's it's almost like. I know he wasn't known for his pace in any way, but I remember watching the Southampton game, and it was like. I think he had a few yards hard start and someone like, and there wasn't even yards to go and he had to make a last ditch challenge. It's almost like he looks a yard off it. Like, you know, maybe, maybe the age has caught up on him in that mm. terms. Like, um, so that was, I, I, he was still running around, but it was almost like a child excited about getting onto the pitch. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and it was just, there wasn't really composure of it from a game management, but at, at the same time, I think what Klopp was looking for with, as well, Ox coming on as well, out of position. But it was just kind of just using their energy and their running, like to kind of try and at times to press Arsenal back. But at the same time, Arsenal had a bit more control in midfield. And then we we were, at that stage, we're, tr- we're 3-0 up. And I think it's a case of um, the game was won. So we were happy as well to allow them to have the ball as well, like, you know, and more control. And then just try and press and try and break when we could. And that's that's what I think why we why a bit more control went to Arsenal, and then I thought Tor- Torrier was very good when he came on. To be honest, which I, I think he made an immediate impact. Like so, that's what I, I kind of mm-hmm. think it was a mix of all things. Yeah, I think that's fair, I and mean, that's very fair. Um, Dan, we see Lacazette come on. We we touched on it on the um, uh, the the Elevens at the start of the uh, podcast as well. Um, Obviously, you've got the North London derby next, as we've mentioned as well. Uh, do, do you think it was a fact that it's Liverpool, maybe you'll see games like City as well, you'll drop one of the 
now front three, I suppose, rather than front two, it was last season. Do you think maybe against teams like Tottenham, United and Chelsea, you could probably start all three of them? Um, I guess it depends on just how what we want to do in the game. Um, I think the plan for this game was to just kind of straight up beat them on the counter. But that's not really what Lagos is for. Um, he's not that quick uh, and he's not that he's not dribbly in the way Pepe is. So he's not going to blow past you with pace. He's not going to blow past you. He's not going like, to dribble you. So he just wasn't re- of the three options we wanted to. And those were uh, bombing and Pepe were clearly the two better ones for what we were trying to do um, against teams like Spurs and United. Um, I, it really does depend on just what the game plan is, I guess, um, and how we're going to line up. Uh, I'm still not entirely sure how the three are going to work um, mm. as a whole, because just because um, both Aubameyang and Pepe, when they play wide, tend to play on the right. Um, so uh, we'll see how that works out. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the plan is, but I would like to find a way to get them all into the team with the bombing starting up top, but I'm not sure that's possible. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how the season goes. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe the diamond is the future, and Pepe is going to play as the, uh, the 10. <laughs> that might be the way forward, actually, rather than just a one-off, as we said. Um, but, yeah, it was a, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be definitely exciting to watch as well. Um, so the Torreira goal, uh, we, we kind of see a kind of change in momentum in the game with all the subs and stuff that we've mentioned. Um, do you, do you think you deserved a goal in the end, Dan? Uh, sure. I guess, uh, we created some chances, so we deserve a goal. I guess it, it would have been fine. Three nil fine. Three one. Um, not really a huge difference. I literally I did, I did not have any reaction <laughs> to that goal. I was like, woo. Cool. <laughs> Please, honestly, like, do not score again. Do not give us hope just to like not follow up on it. Don't do that. Uh, uh, had that too many times in knockout tournaments in uh, Europe. Uh, I don't need it in the Premier League too. <laughs> oh god, yeah we we had a we had a spell under previous managers with that. <laughs> um, Mark, any concerns from our point of view? I mean, we less very much less so under Klopp especially in the last few years, but was there any concern in terms of imploding and end up drawing or losing? Um, no, I, I, I don't think so. Like the goal was a little bit, um, Torrey took it very well. I was actually, I had a worse reaction than uh, Dan there because I had a, unfortunately a four nil correct score to Liverpool. <laughs> so that, that killed off my bet. I was hoping on it because, oh, if we could just nick one at the end. But um it was, I think it was Henderson again that made, and, and I'm fair, Mr. Henderson, he, didn't, he had an mm-hmm. actually decent game, but yeah, he, I, I think he made the error, and then it, it, it sat up lovely for Torrey to put it away, but he, still a nice finish. Um, Adrian had had no chance to be fair to him, but um, it, I, I, no, I, I don't think so. I think when you've got the likes of Van Dijk on the pitch and stuff, I, I don't, I can't remember a time where I've, over the last year where I felt like Liverpool are going to implode now, like even when we concede one, usually we actually, it gets a re- the other reaction and we go up the other end. I remember Manny last season a few times when we conceded against Cardiff late on and we it usually kind of injects us into gear, like, you know, but it, yeah, I, I did, and that's no disrespect to Arsenal. I think they definitely, you can see improvement and I know Dan was touching on uh, Pepe earlier, who's a fantastic signing and then Salabos off uh, Real and then, um, 
Tierney, to be honest with you, I think Tierney is going to be an absolute superb player. I watch a lot of Celtic, and uh, if he can bring the same drive and energy he has done for Celtic, the talent is there to be a, a top fullback in the Premiership. Um, some might say even more talented than Robertson. Not myself at the moment. But Sacrilege. He, he, <laughs> yeah, but he is a top player, so that's an excellent signing for Arsenal. Like, So, yeah, but in terms of uh, concerns going forward, like... Um, the main one for me is just get, getting Allison back in the sticks, like because it's just. I think it's not just. It's not that. It's not that Adrian's doing anything bad. I just think you can see the difference in how our defense is as well. I think there was a lot less passbacks this week, like you know, compared to the, mm. the previous. It, it game. reminds then, me of having Mignolet and Carrius back in goal. Like yeah, <laughs> it's 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 that panic that you you just you never had with Allison. Like you just don't think, even when he makes a mistake, you know it's not going to sit in his head, like. Whereas with Adrian, I just feel that, like, oh, my God, like, and it's, what happened? It's just that fear anytime someone goes near our, our our box, which is unfair on him because he hasn't done enough. He hasn't done that many mistakes, part the, the nightmare against Southampton and that one there during the week, but he's made some some excellent saves and, and he has, like, yeah, I just think it's it's just, I've gotten used to such high standards with Alisson, like. Yeah, yeah, same, absolutely. And I think I, I actually like Adriana. It's just when you've had a keeper who's probably the most informed goalkeeper in the world, it's like, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Not this. Yeah, it'd be fine if he came in after Mignolet. I'd be grand, like, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Be, just be in between. Like, uh, yeah, it's bagging just, of it's the just summer. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that, 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 hopefully he's back after the international break. Um, but that's pretty much it for the game. I mean, there was a couple more subs, but no else really happened. Um, but we'll touch Lallana on. Lana did play up top. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to mention that <laughs> uh, ever. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Mark, because obviously the more interesting fixture, uh, well, size of the fixture is obviously the North London derby, and we'll finish on that. But Mark for Burnley, um, maybe change in midfield, maybe bring Ox in for a bit more in- attacking intent. Um, yeah, I could see Ox coming in. Um, maybe Genie's in dual rest, like he's he's played a lot of games like for us at the start. And then Oxlade looked decent against Southampton the second half. And plus I think if I'm not mistaken, didn't we play Kieta there away from home last season? I think we with the way they're gonna yes, sit. Did, yeah. mm-hmm. I think the way they're gonna sit, we need someone a bit more creative, kind of running from midfield. So I'd, I'd like to see Ox come in. And then in terms of any other changes, the only one I could see, which I hope doesn't happen, and that's not a knock on Joe, is Joe coming in for Trent at right back. Mm-hmm. And I do, the only reason is I think we need creativity. Um, although McNeil did have a bit of joy, if I'm not mistaken, at Anfield yeah. against Trent. But uh, at the same time, I just think if you're, if you're worried about that, you're taking away. When Trent's not on the pitch, you notice it. You notice it in terms of creativity. Um so that would I, I would definitely hope that we start Trent. And then I, I think uh was Paul Joyce was hinting at a few uh Klopp might actually start rotating this game with uh the international break and minutes and mileage on um thing. I hope that doesn't happen because I hope it's no. the front three. Um I just think I think Burnley will be a very difficult game given like they're they're gonna sit back, they're gonna play long balls. And in fairness, Barnes is on good form, like he got a yeah. superb finish if, against Wolves. If it wasn't for Pookie, he'd be like the most talked about player in the Premier Yeah, League. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then you know they're gonna make it difficult and and they're they're also gonna like I I'm sure if they get the chance now we haven't been giving away that many set pieces. 
But if they get the chance, I'd say they're going to launch a few balls in on top of um, Adrian and see how he copes with it, like, you know. But um, I'm just hoping that we do make a four out of four going in because going into the international break because it'll be a huge confidence boost after all the pressure of, oh, they haven't signed anyone, they haven't strengthened look at City and whatever. But if we went in two points ahead, four wins out of four, and then hopefully Alisson to come back in soon, um, I just think it'll be it. It'd be superb. And I, I think, actually, if I'm not mistaken, that's why I was delighted to see the Wolves go, get a late goal, because that would have dented Burnley a little bit. And then also, I think I think they might have a game against Sunderland tonight in the League Cup. Now, obviously, it'd be their B team, but at least we have the, Liverpool have the full week to prepare for them, like, you know, and what's going to yeah. come our way. And I think that you could see the difference that made with Arsenal last week, because when we've had the two games, we've probably, and obviously fitness, as well like fitness levels but we've been good for a half I think in that Arsenal game that was definitely our best performance and I'm hoping to see more of the same against Burnley the weekend like yeah absolutely we, that, I think that was a performance to really build from um, Dan obviously you're probably your biggest fixture of the, the season um, Tottenham at the Emirates um, we mentioned kind of jokingly at the start it's, it's the perfect bounce back fixture but obviously Spurs I know you're on the uh, I know they're on four points which is only two behind you but they, they've not started the season all that well I think the struggle that Aston Villa obviously beaten by Newcastle who got battered pretty much um but yeah it's just it just it's almost a setting a marker early on in the season because obviously Tottenham were famed to be locked in on third position but if Arsenal win here, is that kind of showing you're dragging Tottenham back into the top four race properly? And maybe you're the team to lock in third position. Uh, well, first, you're going to have Burnley fans at your door for saying this game's more important than one of theirs. But um, <laughs> Nobody's listening uh, for Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> more Burnley fans at your door. Um, but yeah, um, I, Spurs starting in a very disappointing way, is promising for our possibilities getting third. I think a lot of it depends on whether Ericsson stays or goes, um, because as we have seen in their first couple of games, when he's on the pitch, they're significantly better, um, and they may be able to reach a level that we can't. Um, but uh, obviously a win here would help. That's quite obvious, um, and it would give me some level of confidence that we can... Um, finish above them but really it's going to be the games in the against the lower teams that give me that gives me that confidence um i think that's really where we need to improve more than anything um just kind of playing better against the lower teams and that hasn't happened so far this year i know we got wins against both burnley and newcastle but we were outshot in both those games um and like we haven't been entirely convincing which is somewhat worrying um it's only three games into the season so you know there's plenty of time for that to change it's a small sample but um yeah, I think those are actually the games where I'm going to draw more confidence in being able to finish higher than this one. But obviously, a win in this one would be extremely helpful and could be the difference come the end of the season. Yeah, it's, it's always a fixture I kind of look forward to as well. They're always just mental. They're always just mental games. So it's another one like Arsenal-Liverpool, where it's just, yes, just never a boring absolutely. one. It's just lots of insanity. Absolutely, and I've also got Harry Kane in my other, in one of my draft teams as well. So if he scores and you still win, I don't mind that. But yeah, <laughs> I'll do. <laughs> um, but we will finish up there. Uh, thank you both for joining me, and thank you everyone for listening at home. Goodbye. Yes.
Social Podcast Network.